Hello everyone and welcome to the Libero podcast episode 11. Haven't had the time yet to actually give this episode a title so hopefully we can come up with one throughout this episode. I am delighted to be joined by a full house tonight as I can see them left to right top to bottom. Dan, Andy, Stevie and Zach. Um, I will ask how you all are guys individually I think rather than all of us shouting down the microphone at once. Uh, as I come, but I hope and I trust you're all well. You're all looking very well, I must say. You've all you've all caught the sun a little bit, which is nice Ooh. to see. Welcome to all our listeners as well, of course. Today, we're going to be covering a large variety of topics, mainly in terms of the Premier League and the Championship in five days' time, if my maths is correct. Must be all looking forward to it. I know I certainly am. I've had a spring in my step since they have announced that we are going to be back. But first of all, chats will make a start with the news that League One and League Two are going to be, not cancelled, but curtailed. On a points per game, non-weighted score. Andy, League One, League Two, you've been down there before. Yeah, we've been there. Season. So just to give an, an overview, League Two, we'll start with League Two first. The, the teams who are getting promoted to Swindon Town. Big up to the town, I'm sure we're all happy about yeah, that. Um, going up as champions, for those who are unaware of listening to this podcast for the first time, Swindon is the uh, our, most of our hometowns, apart from... Andy, but this is where we air our podcast from. So well done to Swindon Town. Big congratulations to them and to anyone who's listened who is a big Swindon Town fan. Well done. Also going up with Swindon is going to be Crow Alexandra, Plymouth, playoffs for League Two, going to be Chatham Town, Exit City, Colchester United, and Northampton Town. And then relegation is still yet to be decided for League Two, primarily the fact that Stevenage, who are 10 points away from safety, are only three points behind Macclesfield Town, who are facing a points deduction due to um, financial issues. They've already had 11 points deducted already, Andy, which just goes to show you how shit Stevenage must be. <laughs> exactly. Andy, you've better said you're, you're more of our lower league specialist. So you, would you be happy with a points per game finish? With, with League One and League Two, is that the only way you can really go to save these clubs? And firstly, how are you, by the way? Yeah, yeah, good, good. All good. So, um, yeah, no, uh, Swindon becoming champions, obviously, pleased like you said from a local perspective and, and there is a Wigan connection with Swindon I think Paul Jules there he's involved in the uh, setup and, and Paul will always be a, a Wigan legend so yeah no that was that was good I was more than happy Any, anything that saw Bolton relegated from League One into into League Two I mean I've, I've got a condone in, in whatever shape or form whether it's points per games whether it's tiddlywinks I don't know any, any anything that involves them going down and yeah it, it's 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 quite it's quite funny there was, there was stuff this week people dragging out tweets it's you not know, people putting things out there, coming back to back them. So when we, when we got relegated three years ago, Bolton's official Twitter account came out and said, can't remember what the rhyme was, it came out with some stuff about, there's no need to frown, we're going to go in down, kind of come back to, to warn them. But uh, <laughs> local rivalries uh, uh, aside, I, I guess it was the thing that, that had to happen. Some of the figures that I saw were, were fairly eye-watering in terms of just maintaining kind of, protocols and you know investment in PPE testing this that and the other camera was the Accrington chairman one who was saying it was going to cost about 165 grand to yeah. put a lot of the stuff in there so just I guess at, at, a, at a lower level they had, they had to line things up it's, it's not really feasible is it to, to keep yep. it going I mean Zach, Zach we had a conversation hope you're well by the way Zach hello we had a conversation last week didn't we about the weeks ago now about it not being sustainable, but now the Premier League needing the lower leagues to survive rather than being yeah. a standalone entity. Yeah, I mean, the, I suppose the problem is that this this is a makeshift solution for ending a season early. But in two months' time, you've got to confront the reality of the season starting again. And what kind yeah. of a difference is two months going to make here? I mean, as I say, I, I, I still think there's pl- there's a space here for the negotiation of extending the Premier League TV rights and allowing some of that money to filter down into the lower leagues. Because if this has shown anything, it's that if something like COVID becomes endemic in in our society it's going to you're going to need to keep these measures in place every winter and clubs that really do rely on their footfall are going to go out of business and so there needs to be discussion about a mutually beneficial way of ensuring that football fans can still watch football but that ensure that these clubs aren't over leveraged on gate receipts yeah i saw an interesting thing this week with regards to scottish football they're having a season ticket where you can actually watch every single one of your team's games, regardless when they kick off, which should be interesting if that works. Like Andy, you're obviously a season golden in the Championship, and Zach, season golden in the Premier League. You, you obviously, you boys imagine you get refunds as well. Which again is another 
bill to add on top of everything else that these clubs have got to go, got to go through. Yeah, we had three choices, I can't, I, 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 and I, one of them I didn't, I didn't pay any attention to. But the, the one choice was straight refund. From one was an exchange of whatever was remaining on your season ticket for a free pass to stream all the game. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, 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 God knows what the second option was because it was either refund or stream games. So, mm. stream game. I think I think the club said this week that if everybody chosen the refund option, it would have cost them 260 grand. So, probably 99% of people are going to are gonna go with, mm. the, uh, with the, the, the streaming option. Look at Swindon Town, obviously, a team close to all of our... I would say hearts and, and minds. Steve, you know a lot of massive, massive Swindon Town fans, particularly down down the you know contacts around town. It's great for the town they've gone up, but I think that I was thinking that maybe that lower league teams could do is that instead of giving these refunds out, maybe as an incentive to keep fans for longer as well. I don't know what you think about this. Instead of giving back, you know, maybe the pro rated four games or five home games they've got left every season. If they keep a season ticket for five more years, you take a game off their price every year. So they get this year's amount paid to them for the season ticket. So they ain't got paid that back. But then every year they only lose a little bit over a long, longer period of time. Just interesting what, what your thoughts have been on that. And what are your thoughts on Swindon Town being, being champions? And... How are you? <laughs> All good, mate. All good, thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I think I think everybody's in agreement that, you know, there isn't any ultimate answer in all of this you know in relation to the season tickets a lot of the fans of course want to stand by the club so they don't want to be taking money from the club where where possible of course that's not the answer for everybody but I think you know similar to what we're going to have done you know similar to I know a lot of clubs on talk sport this week were talking about what they were doing and it's similar to what you've said is the you know the, the refund you know the, the streaming of games and of course the other thing I, I've actually heard some clubs doing the discounts uh you know going forward into into next into next season again because we don't know what we're going into next season it's almost impossible to be able to to have that as an option so the, the fact is, is that right now at the moment, there isn't any perfect answer. I think for Swindon Town fans, they're on a high. Swindon are probably, you know, in, in, in a position of slight uh, advantage as opposed to, you know, the likes of Southend or Bolton or, or what have you that have just gone down. And a lot of their fans will, of course, feel aggrieved. Yeah, we, we are on a high this year. I think Swindon being champions is absolutely I mean, it's, it's great for the town. It's great for the club. But I will say this, it doesn't feel like it's a championship, if that makes sense. You know, it, I don't feel like, you know, we're on the brink of celebrating, you're singing in the pubs and all that kind of stuff. If they were open, you know, I've seen a few videos, but for the sake of making a video, obviously quite a few tweets have come out. I think right now, a lot of clubs in, you know, whether they're promoted or whatever it may be, are just taking it. Um, you know, there's not a huge chance to be able to celebrate it as it, as it should be celebrated and mm. um, and of course you know stories such as Tramia uh, for example which is mm-hmm. that absolute... Barry Fry was on uh, TalkSport in a week for Peterborough you know explaining yeah. that in their final 10 games Kenny three of them I believe were you know were up, up, up a table side whereas the, the, the rest of the seven were bottom 10 so they were well within their rights to believe that they should be able to make the playoffs yeah. but when they posed them with the question okay what do we, what, what would what would your suggestion be i can't even remember what it was but it was a balmy suggestion so yeah he didn't have an answer yeah yeah no i mean and that's the thing i think you know look the the, the league is there to be celebrated it's great but i think everybody you know to be you know the champagne's on ice almost so you know dan i know you're not a swimming town fan welcome i uh, hope you're well as well of course you're also not a swimming town fan but if you were a, a massive fan of Swindon, would you be happy with this? Would you still celebrate like a title win or would you feel a little bit of sort of, we haven't won it fairly? He celebrated when Arsenal came fourth. He'd be fucking, he'd be doing backflips this long. So, um... <laughs> yeah, I'm happy, but you say it's a bit tainted. It doesn't feel like certain deals. Um, like you say, when everything opens, there might be parties and celebrations. What, what can you do? You say make videos for making the embrace. I think it will be come maybe sort of middle of next season which could be feel really weird i think so that's league two to league one to cheer you right up andy we're going to talk a bit about league uh, although we spoke about it a little bit so far so league one promotion coventry city go up as champions i'm really pleased with coventry they've had a lot of shit through the last few years not being able to play at the rico with issues with landlords so they're having to play um well they will have to play st andrews next season not great for the fans. And and Rotherham also, who magically hang around that uh, League One championship middle ground between the two, are, are back up again next year into the championship. Playoffs are going to be Wickham, 
Oxford, Portsmouth and Fleetwood and relegation both 14 points obviously they started with a massive points deduction anyway and had to play the kids uh, Southend on 19 points and then as you mentioned before <laughs> Tramia whose chairman is, is Mark Palios, the ex-FA chairman, who has kicked up a stink about the res- about, about this this week, um, and they were talking about doing a weighted points per game. They were they were all up for a weighted points per game, but they at the minute go down. They were three points behind the team above with the game in hand. And then just as an added added extra for you, Andy, Peterborough finished seventh and did yeah. get in the playoffs after their DVD releasing and slap of honour after beating Wigan. The season uh, last. They have also released in the last hour or two the dates of the League One playoffs. So the League One playoffs are going to be held Friday, July the 3rd, Monday, July the 6th. That's first and second legs. And then the final will be held on Monday, July the 13th. No word yet from League Two, which you would imagine will be around about the same time um, and potentially that. So we'll move on. That's League One, League Two covered. And again, congratulations to the town for that one. And on to the championship where things are starting up again. Andy, must must go to you for this one. You're actually going to see some football. Yeah. Luckily, all of us with our teams are all going to see some football as well. We haven't got any League One or League Two fans in here, which you know would be a bit gutting being on a football podcast and not being able to talk about your team. So, just for those who are listening, what the story is, if you don't actually recall what is happening in the Championship, there are nine games left, so 27 points available, which does mean Andy Wigan can still finish in the playoffs. I've got high hopes. So. <laughs> Leads are seven points clear. Of third place, 71 points. West Brom, uh, one point behind them on 70. So, so far in the playoffs, positions consist of Fulham on 64, Brentford and Nottingham Forest on 60 points, and Preston, 6. Six points separate Preston in sixth and QPR in 13th. It's a pretty open league as the championship generally always is. The bottom three are Barnsley on 34, Luton on 35, Charlton on 39. And at the bottom of the league, only three points separate Charlton in 22nd and Stoke in 17th, which means that in that encapsulation of four teams, Hull, Wigan, Middlesbrough and Huddersfield down there and in trouble. Andy, you're obviously looking forward to the football coming back. From a Wigan point of view, how do you see your chances and who do you realistically see going up and going down? In that? We were on a bit of a rich vein of form before everything went, in, went into lockdown. So it's, you know, it's difficult to predict how we're going to emerge from it. it I mean, it's a nine game season isn't it so everything that, that we're going to see it'd be, it'd be interesting I mean the first game is an absolute monster game we play Huddersfield who are, who are down there with us we've got Stock to play who are, who are down there um, some, some some interesting games our last game of the season is, is Fulham so that that has an impact uh, from from the top. I'm just glad it's back. I mean, this this week has felt like the dial's been shifted a bit. The in terms of comms with the with the club, you know, it fe- feels like we're getting back to a a match kind of routine. That that in anticipation, uh, like I said, what the club are doing in terms of streaming game, buzzing about that. You now we've got we've got some players that the long periods have been extended, so we're in a in a in a good position. So yeah, people that were injured potentially were out for the rest of the season are coming back in a in a fit. So there's there's that kind of impact. So I don't know. I, I reckon. I mean, I, I would say it, but I I, I think we might kick on a bit I think the bottom three are probably going to be the bottom three the top two as it pains me to say are probably going to be the top two but it's it's, a, it's an unknown quantity isn't it like I said how, how people are going to emerge it's like we've seen Zach isn't it in the last few weeks with the Bundesliga that Bayern and Dortmund decide really anything can happen in those other games home teams are getting beat left right and centre and there is no real form obviously Leipzig can't win a, couldn't, couldn't win for Toffee whenever I bet on them either so this could all be it's, it's almost like throwing all your deck of cards up in the air and seeing where they landed, is it? Exactly? Yeah, I mean, certainly it is going to be with the volume of games that you are playing. And probably the takeaway from the Bundesliga isn't just the mixed fortunes of clubs. It's the amount of players who are becoming injured. And when you are, even when you have five substitutes to use, if you are a team that doesn't have enough depth in your squad, you could very well find yourself two or three games in to the remaining nine games and all of a sudden the reserves running dry and having to play players that otherwise you wouldn't have had to. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. I mean, it's not nine games in what, six weeks? Yeah. All all I would say is, Kenny, whoever you are picking as a banker for your accumulator... (laughs) I will be betting. The opposite were. Yeah, yeah, please do. Please do. <laughs> Andy, just just for completion with regards to the championship then, 
So we, we will talk a little bit about Wigan. They are our championship team, uh, certainly my championship team that I, I look out for. You've got, you said, your nine games left. A point of a, a, a bit of light at the end of the tunnel, I suppose, is that five out of those nine are against the bottom eight. Yeah. So you obviously said you've got Huddersfield away, Stoke at home, Barnsley away, Hull at home and Charlton away. Out yeah. So we'll all be rooting for you, I'm sure, on the Libero as our adopted yeah, championship good. team. Excellent. Stevie, Leeds and West Brom going up automatically? Yeah, I mean, I, I can't see past them. I, you know, Zach was quite quite right in pointing out the injuries. That's exactly what I was going to say. Um, the injuries that have come up, whether it's a small strain, you know, in fitness. I mean, remember, this is nothing like pre-season going into the mm. season. This is, you know, essentially coming from home, going into, into immediate massive games it's going to play a big factor i think Leeds and west brom they're prepared they've got good squad depth but you look at that um precarious positions in 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 the playoffs and i think that i genuinely think that's up for up for grabs for for a lot of teams in and around i really do you know i think we could see that flip many many times before the the end of the season so um but yeah similar to to, to what you know what andy says i think that the, the bottom two especially uh perhaps not charm but the bottom two i think um, Luton and Barnsley are, you know, are all it's too much. I, I do think there's a, another place up for grabs there as well yeah. in the relegation. So the championship, as it always is, is is going to be a hugely compelling season. And this time, for other reasons as well as the competitive nature that you've got there already. So I'm looking forward to it. I really am. Should be good, Dan. The championship might be more exciting to watch than the Premier League mm. for these last yeah. few games. Yeah, uh, well, it is competitively anyway. But um, as Steve with that top. Their playoff in Cargo. I mean, I was just looking at sort of the first games you've got 20th. I mean, Millwall are two points off. Playoffs, you are going quite a bit. Yeah, it's be, well, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fun. It's going to be a yes. mad day. I mean, six points separating sixth and thirteenth. <laughs> And nine games to play, that's a lot. Of, as you said, it's like you said, Andy, it's a, it's a mini league now, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, you know, it's, yeah. A, it's, a, it's a nine-game league, isn't it? It's like you've got the other thing that you've got to watch <coughs> in the mix. Like I said the other the other week, you've got certain players, Charlton being, being one, where you three or four players are refusing to play. And, and not just yeah. like fringe players, main like players. Taylor, yeah. Yeah, your yeah. your leading goal scorer is now refusing to yeah, play in case he's injured. Yeah. Personally, disagree with that, and this is definitely a conversation we'll probably have in the next few weeks. Because this, I think, this will probably happen a bit more. But I, yeah, I do so, think I will say I, I do think what will happen is that once once things get underway and they realise that listen, you just got to get on with it. I think that's what will happen. Right now, Charlton are trying to you know fight tooth and nail for whatever they want to be doing, and I understand it to a certain extent. But listen, once this becomes the norm, like every week changes. Remember that. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. The playing now is very, very normal. You know, yeah. when it was first starting, it was such a unique thing. So yeah. once it becomes normal, those players will have to want. You know, they want. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. They want yeah, to be yeah. involved. So you know, get, let let them have their little, you know, paddy and what have you, and you know, then they'll get on with it. I'm sure. I mean, if if Charlton going to their last game of the season needing a win, does he mm. sit on the bench and go, "Yeah, I'm not playing"? Steve, Steve's right. Up up until the point that you know, a ball's been kicked, it's all right saying stuff, and then yeah. he, he might he might be thinking, "Fuck, I ain't getting in. I'm not what this, this me as an individual, my brand, my commercial value is plummeting through the floor. I, I, I need to do something." So. Mm. That that whole dilemma, you know, morality, ethics, whatever, whatever. It'll be interesting how it plays out. You know, when it comes to, you know, if he if he wants to dig his heels in, that's all well and good. But absolutely, if he's if he's thinking about his next move and potentially this risk still being out there come the winter, many yeah. clubs are going to be looking at him as a financial asset and thinking, well, hold on a second, do we want to invest in somebody who's going to. Causes problem. I mean, so, yeah, atti- attitude. Yeah, yeah. It'll it'll go. It it will it will fade. It will go, and he'll he'll be playing. I'm sure. He's still getting paid, isn't he? At the end of the day, I thought I thought he was really. He's 32 years old. I thought he was like a young up, up and coming yeah, lad. So, so, might be getting a big yeah, move. So did I, yeah. yeah. Shows how much that I, you know, obviously know about know about the championship. So um, unfortunately, it's like Leeds and West Brom are going to go up with yeah. a, a another following in the, in the play. I would like to see Nottingham Forest go up. I, I think they're. I like Nottingham Forest. Got a lot of time from as a club. That they're my outside. I like to go and see up just because the European Cups and the history, and I think they they deserve a little bit after um, the, the stuff that's been going on the last few years with them. Barnsley, Luton are going to go down then, and probably a another. In all of this, am I the only one who's quite happy to see Leeds come back to the Premier League? No. Yes, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Genuinely, I, I I reckon that you know they're they're a great side. They are they are a big club. As much as we as much as we dislike them, they are they are a massive club historically. 
And it will be good to see him back up there because I think they do play some good football and they've got obviously Marco Bielsa there who's obviously a top-class manager. But obviously they're trying to get into the Premier yeah, League. That, yeah, that good again. Yeah, it's, it's, it, how long has he been there? Two, three two years? years? Two years, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, he just knows how to do his research, Kenny. <laughs> I don't know. If you guys haven't seen it, watch the press conference he gives when he gives the like the PowerPoint presentation about yeah. how to break down. Honestly, it's fucking phenomenal. The amount of depth this, these guys go into is it's unbelievable. I, th- I thought we go into depth here at the Libero, but these guys are another level. <laughs> right, championship. Done, Dustin. We're going to go to stay up and then get beat back in the Premier League in two years' time. Years time. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Cool. So we'll move on then to the next topic and the big topic, the elephant in the room, which is, of course, the Premier League coming back on Wednesday, the 17th of June, five days from now. Five days, less than five days, four days, 23 hours and 27 minutes until kickoff, as I'm looking at my clock. With the massive Aston Villa against Sheffield United match, which you probably wouldn't watch on any normal day if it was played at the bottom of your garden, but... It's the first game back. <laughs> it's the first game back. 19th against them. Villa, two points from safety. Sheffield United, five points from a potential Champions League spot. That, of course, depends on Man City and their cash ruling, which is going to come to the start of July. I wonder if that uh, game will get absolute record viewing attendance. That might have surpassed 1966. <laughs> it should do. It's, it's, uh, it's on 6 o'clock. It's, it's on Sky on 6 o'clock kickoff on Sky Sports. I think it's on pick which means yeah. you can watch it. If you have satellite television, you can yeah. watch it free. So obviously massive both ends of the table for both of those teams. I've been really impressed with Sheffield United. Wilder's got this really strange three centre-arse to overlap the full-backs that no one can seem to get a grip of yet. So that's on the Wednesday. Are we all going to be tuning in, chaps? Yeah. That one? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The, world. the Libero will be doing a watch-along for both games on that Wednesday night. Chaps, if you are free, you're obviously more than mm. welcome to join. Mm. More than merry if you are if you are free and watching the games, come and join our, our live watch-along, which will be broadcast simultaneously across our Facebook and YouTube channels. Should be a good game. Looking forward to it. And it'd be a good, bar- good barometer on where the teams are at. Then we've got the Wednesday night doubleheaders complete with Man City against Arsenal. City need a win to avoid Liverpool winning the league on the Sunday. And they can close the gap to 22 points on Liverpool. Dan, from an Arsenal point of view, you're eight points off the Champions League. But you can leapfrog Spurs to win. Really? Zach, you're, you're down with Arsenal. You're down those sort of eighth and ninth positions with Arsenal at the minute. Do you see yourselves and Arsenal sort of pushing for that top for the Europa League at least this season or is or would you rather not not do Europa League and just bin it off next year come back 38 games yeah I mean anything could happen but again we are staring down the barrel of a post-Covid European football world where what what are these what are these players going to do you're going to be talking that wherever they go they're going to have to sit in quarantine which especially something like the Europa League where you know, you could end up playing over in Russia or Israel one week before coming back to the Premier League to to play your home game on a Sunday. Yeah. I don't know that under what will be new medical rulings and new medical expectations, is it something that you're going to want to do for a competition that really isn't financially a boon to you in the way the Champions League is? Yeah, very true. I mean, in many cases, cost it, winning the Europa League ultimately costs you money if you have a series of long away trips. So, I mean, I, I don't... Not a, fa- uh, not a fa- say to say you're not a fan then, Zach. No, I don't, I don't, <laughs> no, I don't think it's a draw for... I don't think it's a draw for players like the Champions League is. I, let's put no. it this way. I'm not going to be losing sleep if Spurs miss out on the Europa League. I said, you, know, you, you know my views on the Europa League. Oh, uh, great. It's better, yeah. <laughs> I don't fancy Kazakhstan on a Thursday night. Yeah, I mean, I, I prefer from a Liverpool fan's point of view, if I was an Arsenal or Spurs fan, we've had it where we, we missed out on Europe a few years. The year before we then went on that mad run and nearly won the league with Luis Suarez up front in 13-14. We didn't have any European football that year and every week we were bang on it every week. Not every week, Kenny. We, we, we only lost two <laughs> We've lost not two games. <laughs> and I think that break, particularly the way the style that maybe not Arsenal play, the style that Spurs play was sort of quite high intensity. You need that break. And I think we'll go back a little bit. That's why I think Leeds will go up this year because they've had that little break now where they can regain their... Because Leeds always falter off, don't they, towards the end of the season because they just fucking run out of energy. I think this is giving them that boost now that could, could seem over the line. Similar to, I think, I think Spurs. Slightly well, different. Yeah. Under Mourinho, slightly different. I mean, from from my perspective, I say all this, but then having those Europa League games does give the new manager a chance to get to know his squad when Mourinho gets the sack in September. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> might be a blessing in disguise. I mean, it could it could always be worse. You could always have David Luiz playing for your centre half, mate. I mean, apparently he got he got he got roasted against Brentford in a friendly. Roasted. And it's come out this week. He's he's also cost Arsenal twenty four million pound this yeah, for one season in agents fees, wages, and everything like that. So it could always be worse. Yeah, yeah. So. That, that's the Wednesday. That's the first game back. And both those games are the games in hand for both. As we said last week, or uh, sorry, a couple, a couple of weeks ago now, was that I, I, I think that's there to make sure that everyone's on the same amount of their games, just in case we have to cancel the season, which I don't think will happen now. I think the Bundesliga has shown it can be done, limited COVID cases between players, which is a good sign. On the Fridays, so we do have a day off Thursday. We don't have a game. But on the Friday, we game another doubleheader. We have Norwich against Southampton again six o'clock on Sky, and then Spurs against Man United at quarter past eight kickoff on Sky. Andy Norwich City they are six points in the ten goals ten goals safe goal difference. Are they down in your opinion? <sighs> Probably just just to, just to give you just to give you a heads up that their remaining games away from home. Not that home and away really make a difference now, but uh, Arsenal, Watford, Chelsea, and Man City. Yeah, they might get sent from Arsenal. Yeah. Uh, the rest of my struggle. Uh, they've got Everton at home, which is obviously three pointer. <laughs> Brighton, Brighton, West Ham, in, in Burnley. So you'd be looking at if you're and if you're a Norwich fan, you've got to win those four games at home, haven't you? Everton, Brighton, West Ham, Burnley to any for any chance of staying up. Yeah. In division. Yeah. yeah. Stranger things. Stranger things have happened. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say. I mean, you've seen it before. We've all seen it before. Where team at the end of the season just goes on a mad run of results, where they win seven out of nine, like Wigan did a few years ago. And they just somehow managed to keep themselves up. But personally, I, I think they're down. Stevie, yeah. do you agree? Norwich probably. Pookie's not scoring the goals anymore. I can't struggle to see where the goals are coming from. Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? I, I think um, at the moment, in normal terms, you gave them a possible fighting chance. I think stranger things have happened. Kenny, you quite rightly pointed out, you know, some of the streaks have you know, happened for these sides towards the end of the league. I like Norwich. You know, they've got, they got some good players down there, you know, so... I'd be surprised, you know, that, that I wouldn't be surprised, sorry, if, if they did manage to put, some, put something together. But you quite rightly point out the, the away games and you know, it's a tall ask and it? it really is. You know, which is good news for, you know, the likes of Todd Cantwell coming to Everton possibly. I'll, I'll take him, you know, and a few others. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah I do. I, I think he's a great little player. Um, but no, it, seriously, I think it's a little bit too late for them, really. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think Southampton... Dan, seven points clear uh, in 14th. They're probably safe, you'd say. Seven points, you should be clear from there. But again, who knows what might happen after this. They've given Ralph Hussenhuttle a, a new contract, particularly after the 9-0 walloping they got from uh, from Leicester. Mm. Is that a sign of confidence for you that they got beat 9-0? The club could have easily pulled the trigger on him and gone, you're shit, you lost the game 9-0. Uh, would you, if you were a Southampton fan, with their upturn of form, would you be happy with the fact that he's been given a new contract? And is that a sign of, is that a, sign of a show of confidence in him? I think it is. I mean, he obviously knows the team, 14th, like you say. I think it also is good for the players not to have a manager of ethics, play this way, play that. It's good for a bit of stability. Okay. Good to see Danny Ings doing bits there as well. I've got a lot of time for Danny Ings. Good to see him scoring loads of goals over there as well. Got quarter past eight then. The quarter past eight kickoff is going to be Spurs, Man United, Zachary. As we sort of briefly mentioned, Spurs, you're seven points in the Champions League, which is a, you know, you could make that back given a good run. You're four behind Man United, so this could be a, a massive game in that race. And again, particularly if Man City. Are bad this year. That opens it up to the top five. Mourinho against United. Are you looking forward to it? I'm looking forward to football starting again. I think is as much as I can say on this one. I, and I've I've got to be entirely honest. Spurs haven't been a great team to watch for the best part of 18 months now. I think that it's interesting to it's going to be interesting to see what Jose Mourinho has been managed has managed to do now that he has had time to work with the players that he has always asked for. He's going to have a at least a fit, if not match fit, Harry Kane, Huminson, Tange and Dombele, Hugo Lloris, yeah. Steven Bergwijn. So he has all of the all of the ammunition at his disposal. I just am yet to see anything this year to convince me that he can do anything with it. I mean, Spurs have been keeping themselves fit, of course. I mean, they've been running around parks, breaking socials pretty much from the start. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but no, none, of them have had, none of them have had Bunga Bunga gone to house parties. So I think in the grand scheme of things, probably doing <laughs> all right. Yeah, no, you're very, very, very true. Very true. We will talk about May United, but very, very quickly. They're, they're fifth, three this league behind Chelsea. In fourth, again, the thing's going to be quite tight. And again, we don't know the Man City 
do or do not get to be in breach of financial fair play. This might open up a whole new dynamic, I think, for that running by the top eight. Should be an interesting game. Looking forward to Spurs Man United. That should be quite a wild match game. I can't see Man City Arsenal being a greatly matched game. I can see, to be fair, see City were absolutely wiping the floor with Arsenal. Sorry, Dan. But no. he, he, he was nodding. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think I do, I do think Villa Sheffield game is going to be a lot. I hope I hope Arsenal do it. For reasons we'll we'll explain later. I think Villa Sheffield, hopefully it's a great game. It'd be a great game regardless. It could be nil nil be the greatest game I've ever seen, to be fair. So that's the Friday. Saturday then we've got the four games in a day back to back. Available is that not great games to be honest. <laughs> um, <laughs> Watford Leicester at half 12 on BT Sports. Watford again fighting for their lives. They looked, they did have a, an upturn in form after getting Nigel Pearson and obviously the only team so far to beat Liverpool. They're level on 17th with Bournemouth um, with a fairly mediocre running including aways at Chelsea and Arsenal. And Leicester obviously of course fighting for Champions League five points above Chelsea in fourth. Do you reckon Leicester might might get the Champions League spot that third, fourth? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, can't, I mean, I can't see, I can't see, cannot see how Leicester won't do that. They, they, they're playing good football as well. You know, they, they look a proper side. So, yeah, I mean, I would definitely say, you know, the top three, you know, I know Man City up for debate, I suppose, but they're, they're dead then, aren't they, I think? Yeah, you'd like, you'd like to think so. Andy, do you reckon Watford are staying up? Again, it's quite tight down there at the minute. Would you back, would you back, would you back them under Nigel Pearson? Would you back them to stay up? Probably. I mean, he's a, he's a scary individual. So, um, <laughs> yeah, perhaps he... But this is, this is the thing, isn't it? I mean, we, we had this on a, on a few occasions where you get into this siege mentality type situation mm. so if he, if he he might be one of those kind of guys that galvanizes them and brings them together and motivates them but yeah it's a, it's a big ass bit of a kick up the ass the next yeah. game's bright the next game's brighton arsenal which is the first it's a three o'clock kickoff live on television on a saturday afternoon something that we've discussed quite heavily in the past it's on bt sport so that's that's quite a big thing it'd be it'd be the first one brighton currently 15th two only two points clear with their home games being man united liverpool man city and newcastle and their away games being leicester norwich Southampton, and burnley i'm a big fan of brighton i think they've done, they've, they've done their you know their club and their they're running their club in, in in the right way i think that might be a bit too much obviously they're playing arsenal who depending on the the man city result on the wednesday could be in a totally different position we anticipated. Then we've got West Ham Wolves, West Ham 16th, again, level with Watford. Yeah, I, I think out of those clubs that you've just talked about there, West yeah. Ham are the team that are in danger. My, my work colleague, Nev, a long time ago, had bet, unfortunately, as a West Ham fan, had bet that West Ham would go down because of the fixtures that they had remaining. And of those fixtures, Kenny, when we return, you know, they, they, their first three games back are Wolves at home, Spurs away, and then Chelsea at home. They look, if you've seen West Ham being playing, they are, they are playing poor. And I cannot see them getting any points out of those three games. You know, I cannot see that. And then, of course, they're in a completely different situation. Mm. Well, let's be honest, Stevie. That's, that's, why they've, that's why Karen Brady's been so adamant mm. and so obstructive in the continuation of the season. Yeah. You, would, you would have to assume that she is pretty much of the same opinion. Mm. Like here, here is someone who is staring down the barrel of relegation. Mm. And for, yeah. for their fans, I mean, you, you know, you, yeah. West Ham is, well, it's, it's known for, you know, celebrity fans and, you know, a culture of the club is, is, you know, has been in films and all sorts. And of course, most notably 1966 is shrouded in West Ham's history. So I think for a club like that, it is painful for them and it's hard to see. But, you know, I just, I pulled them up actually, the fixtures, as I said that. So they, they then got the remaining games after that, you know, you got the likes of Newcastle, Burnley and Norwich, which they're, they're vital. And then what? Watford, sorry. So they got four games there where they really need to pull it back. But I do think with, before those four games, they are not getting a point out of nine points available. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. The pressure is on them. They're playing poor. They're def- you know they're deflated. They're unfit. You know we're not even talking about injuries and what have you. I fear for West Ham. I really do. Well, I mean West Ham were the original too good to go down. That team when they had an absolute un- unbelievable team mm. um they, they got relegated from the premier league but it was like oh shit actually no no team's good enough not good enough to go down in this league and uh, this west ham team dan they're not as good as the team that went down and your and your players like joe coles and the like would you worry if you were a west ham fan with that fixture list yeah absolutely so i mean i would say watford would be all right yeah reiterate zach as, as annoying as she has been but i think that's the truth of it Looking at that, yeah. Not, let's not let's not forget to mention Wolves, who were doing really, really well actually under Nino Santo. 
They are six five points off the sale. So again, they're another team in the mix that could that could that could Wolves nick an edit. Have been one of the best teams I've watched this year. We've played yeah. them home. We played them home and away this year, and they've given us trouble both games. You've got Adama Traore, looking tank that manages to run thirty mile an hour. You've got uh, who I think the most underrated player in the Premier League, Raul Jimenez, who I would have at Liverpool. Yes, if, 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 if phenomenal. If Liverpool were to sell Bobby Firmino. I get Raul Jimenez in to replace him. That's all really? all, around, all, all really? action, all action number nine. Does he is unbelievable? I think he's a great, great player. Even players like Doherty, Connor Cody at the back, they look solid. They look really, yeah. really solid. Obviously, they've had a lot of money ploughed into them, and they've got this really dodgy thing going on with um, super agents and the like. And obviously, Ruben Neves and Martino in the midfield. So I think they've got a really solid team. I, I reckon if it opens up into the, the top five getting to the Champions League, I genuinely think that Wolves might get in there. I mean, they've got a, a fairly comfortable running of their home games being Bournemouth, Arsenal, Everton and Palace. And then they're playing Villa, Sheffield United and Burnley. For me, that's a fairly comfortable running uh, of mm. the last seven games. I think they could... And I've been very, very impressed. They, they said they gave us a real scares, both at Anfield and, and at Molyneux this season. I've been very, very impressed. Um whenever I've seen them. So yeah, they are my outside tip if the Champions League goes to the top five walls are my outside tip. That yeah. might start bringing in your, you know, your gambling hoodoo and that's, that's <laughs> yeah, not exactly. fair, is it? You know. <laughs> so so walls, walls to get relegated next season then is the shout. <laughs> <laughs> so then the next one, could arguably bigger than the three, first ever three o'clock kickoff is the first ever Premier League game live on BBC. And fair play, they've got an absolute humdinger of Bournemouth against Palace. Wow. That's the last time match well, of the day, isn't it? 31 years. It's been the first time in my lifetime, yeah, that they've got a game. They've got Bournemouth against Palace. Bournemouth, as we mentioned, chaps, they are in trouble. Just, again, looking at the games. Not that home, again, not home, not that home and away makes a lot of difference. They've still got to play Tottenham, Leicester, Man United and Man City in four of the last games. Uh, they're 18. I respect Bournemouth for what they're doing. Yeah. Zach, do you, do you like Zach? Do you like Bournemouth as a club? I mean, they're quite, you know, a homely club. Eddie Howe's been there. He's brought his own ideology in. But is this a case of, yeah, you, you know, you've had a good few years, lads. Now's the time to... Yeah, I think off. the unfortunate thing for Bournemouth is that they are a club that failed to evolve once they got into the Premier League. They did very, they did very well and they survived and that became that became the goal and then they slipped into this classic habit of simply spending money on players that are rejected from the kind of top 4 top 6 clubs. They didn't really evolve their style. I mean they're not playing football any differently to the way that they were playing 3 or 4 years ago and when you have a small stadium you have to work within the budget they have to eventually that catches up to you Andy has there been a worse sign this season than Dominic Solanke for 18 million quid fucking <laughs> hell I've got to be worth about fucking 800 grand if he's uh, 18 million <laughs> but, but um no, yeah, it's that to a certain extent about things and evolve. Um, I don't know, it's easy with, with us. I mean, when we were in there, we had obviously we had our eight in the, in the top flight, but we had a phenomenal network in South America and various other places trying to unearth talent and see the players that came through the lower league. So, yeah, they, they, they've got the they've, they've done, they haven't really moved on. I think, I mean, they bought I mean, again, Slanky. I mean, we've robbed them blind, to be fair. We sold him Slanky for 18 million quid. He scored one goal for them. We sold Jordan Ibe, who was leaving on a free transfer on July the 1st. And he's, I just looked at his stats. He scored three goals in 44 games. Yeah, it's not good business. They bought Brad Smith off us, who was on loan at Swindon Town the year before for £6 million. I don't think he's played a game. And in all of that time, who have they sold? Like, it's not like they're a club that managed to do what Wigan did and go and find these, like, these young, promising South American players that they could then sell on and balance the books. I mean, they're losing their best player, in my opinion, Fraser, for on a free transfer. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I was, I was going to say, Darnham. The old pocket rocket. He's a great player. Yeah. Yeah. There's talk of, going, talk of him going to Spurs, and I think he fit in really well under anyone other than Mourinho. Crystal Palace, they're safe. They're 11th. They're not going anywhere. Dan, how does Crystal Palace get above mid-table mediocrity? Do you keep Wilfred Zaha, or do you sell him for 80 million quid and then reinvest that in a back four that can actually defend? Who's spending 80 million on him this year? Burn has gone saying better than him. No, no, that's minimum fee release clauses and things like that, isn't it? That's more contract. Where where, where do you see them 
how can they improve Palace? I mean, if they could get if they could get a big man, if they could get rim, yeah, I, I would reinvest. As to where I, I wouldn't, I think get rid of Christian Benteke might be the first first. Um, I think they've just given him a new contract. Really, he's got what one goal in about four years, hasn't he? I couldn't believe it. I, I, I got sure that happened before. I remember going into work and talking about it. And for me, you know, you, you mentioned some players, but that Benteke is absolutely dog pile. Um, we got, got twenty six million quid for him. I mean, you've done well. You've done well. I think Zaha, you know, I, I do understand. I, I think when with, with Zaha, when we we, we, we were linked, uh, Everton were linked with with Zaha last year, and it looked very, very um, possible that it was going to go through. I, I bet you now, Palace wish they had done a deal, a million. Um, I think it got very close to those. They're all thereabouts. Um, I wasn't so sure at the time, but Zaha played against us in the first game of the season, and he was—I he, mean—he ran the show. And I think you know Zaha for me. I, I do understand why there's so much criticism, but I do also think that if he was playing with a you know a top side week in week out, you would actually he would probably get more acclaim than what he does. Um, for me, arguably one of the best players outside the top six, definitely without a shadow of a doubt. My argument would be that he's had the chance at a big club at Man United. He was, I mean, he was, what was he then, 19? You know, 20? I don't know, I've, I've, I've seen younger players come through May United and Zaha. I mean, you look it's at not, players like not during the Not during the period of turmoil that United were in at the time. I, I think it's very unfair on, on Zaha to be, you know, to be judged on that, that, that time or that short period of time that he spent at Man United. The, the, the player for me, I, you know, I, I genuinely believe that if he got the move to a top six side, You'd see him flourish without a shadow of doubt. I, I, I genuinely believe that. So that'd be the first game on the BBC. So I'm looking forward to listening to Gary Lineker et al. Not good to see football back on free to free to air TV as well. So that is the Saturday, Sunday, and the last day we will review. We've got three games on the Sunday. Another Super Sunday. Two o'clock kickoff. Newcastle against Sheffield United. Villa against Chelsea at half past four on Sky, and then of course the Merseyside derby. at seven o'clock on Sky Sports as well. So Newcastle not Sheffield. Zach, Newcastle. So they've got Man City in the FA Cup. Would you just sort of canter along now if a Newcastle fan, get the takeover done, make it less of a distraction it probably will be? Yeah, I think if you're if your teams like Newcastle and Palace, your your players are probably already on their summer holidays. Are they really gonna go out and risk in risk the kind of injury to themselves that they'd be risking if they were in a shout with the top four or in a relegation fight. I don't know. Yeah, very true. Sheffield United, of course, and the, it depends on their game, their result in that first game against Villa, where they may or may not be. They might be two points away from the Champions League or they might be eight points away from the Champions League. But Andy, I mean, you've got to be happy with that, haven't you, if you're a Sheffield United fan, finishing top half oh, in yeah, the first yeah. season? Jeez, this is what I dream of. Mm. Is, uh, I don't know, it's probably exceeded all the... All their expectations for Chris Wilder as manager of the year. Yeah, I mean, this is—I mean, shades of what we did. And when we went up there, we had the League Cup distraction, ended up finishing tenth, but we were top in October for a, for a period of time. So yeah, no, I mean. Yeah, it's done well. I said. I think a lot, a lot of it will boil down to being that that that, that, that might be a must-win game for Sheffield United. But then, are they going to fall into that trap where Ipswich did? And Ipswich, you know, finished fifth in their first season of the Premier League, got into UEFA Cup had that distraction and then got them then were relegated the year after so maybe they might just want to have that uh, solidity for a season half four Villa against Chelsea yeah, looking at Villa's last few games they've, they've at home again not the home and away man they've got Wolves Man United and Palace and away Newcastle Liverpool Everton and West Ham so a couple of big big games in there for them West Ham Newcastle and Palace and the ones and Arsenal as well. Sorry, at home. DB Chelsea done well so far. The fourth, which is probably where not many Chelsea fans at the start of the season expected them to be. Uh, they're three points clear of United in fifth. If they finish in the Champions League in that top four, particularly with Timo Werner and Ziyech coming next season, is that a successful season for them? I mean, yeah, of course. I think um, Lampard. I think one of the biggest difference that we've noticed about Chelsea is that it's very, very clear that Lampard has full support from from the board. Um, he's been able to, you know, try out a lot of the youngsters, which have proved to be an absolute shrewd uh, bit of uh, management. They've really made the difference. Chelsea look uh, at the very dangerous side going forward. And as you said, the acquisitions that he's made already going into next year, um, with the brief and very slight rumour of Havertz as well, Kai Havertz, who plays for Leverkusen, that I heard that in the last few days. Lampard, you, you want to play for him, I think. I think, you know, for a youngsters coming through, he, he was one of those players that if you watch, everybody, you know, talked about being Lampard. You know, you know, these sweet goals from the outside of the box. Um 
good TV personality. He's got he's got it all for these youngsters. So he's able to attract these players. And of course, with the ball backing him all the way, I reckon I genuinely believe that Chelsea could really uh, push for something next year. I think this year definitely top four. They're good enough for it. They deserve it as well. One of the interesting things for me is what decision they make on William, um, because I, I believe that you know he, he's been again one of their standout performers this year. But yeah, I mean I take my hat off to him and Chelsea fans. Considering they were expecting a season of the, the famous transition that we always hear about, um, I think Chelsea have actually, you know, probably over exceeded than what a lot of the fans were expecting. And fair play to them, they deserve it. I agree. It pains me to say it, but I do agree. Andy, I've just thought about this. Lampard for England. Would you have him as England manager? If he's available in a couple of years when Southgate gets the inevitable boot after we don't win the Euros. Interest. Well, prove himself. I don't know. It's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting show, really. Uh, who else is swishing around? Probably as good as candidate as anybody. Uh, young, young English uh, is, yeah. is, is a is a top four manager. Dan, would you have him as England manager, given uh, the choice? I, I, in a couple of years' time. Yeah, I'd like. I probably would. Obviously, I don't know how his mm. career developed. The block's block got pedigree. I mean, he's well, he's well educated. He, you know, he knows his stuff, doesn't he? And he's won it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He's got that mentality, hasn't he? That he's played uh, international football down something yeah. more than Eddie O's done. So that, that... yeah, so it's only so, so far what 200, 300 games of Bournemouth gets you. I think it's games. one thing to judge Lampard on the basis of a season where there is no expectation, but the generally speaking, what sorts the elite managers from the ones that are just promising is how they manage to get results when they are expected to challenge for the league or they're. Yeah. Ex- Expected to qualify for the Champions League, and he also hasn't hit a patch yet where any of these kind of precocious young stars that he is managing have caused him a problem. The only one at the moment is Hudson Odoi. Um, but if I mean, every Chelsea fan is going to be absolutely made up with finishing fourth this year if they start to expect it next year and then the couple of results that don't go Chelsea's way start to become important rather than being results that are dismissed because uh, it's a transition period yeah I, I think that's gonna that's gonna be the period where we really end up being able to judge Lampard's true potential that's a fair point there's a fair point be interesting to see how that one plays out I said I, I I'm with you Steve I expect Chelsea and Leicester to hold on to that third and Third and full spot, I think, going to the champs, going into the end of the season. Again, coronavirus might throw up a few different things about what might happen, but I, I would say Chelsea, Leicester, third and fourth. And then we've got the final kickoff, which is at seven o'clock on Sky Sports, which is the Merseyside derby. We'll just move on now, shall we? Uh, <laughs> Everton, Ever, Liverpool, and it is actually being held at Goodison Park. Um, after the police have said that everyone will behave themselves. Stevie, Everton, you're safe on in uh, in twelfth place. It was a bit hairy at the start of the season, wasn't it? How do you, how do you very much like Palace? How do you improve next season? And the key question I would like to ask you is: Would you get rid of Jordan Pickford? Well, the first I go to your second question, and no, I think I, I think Pickford, like just like um, every international keeper, he gets a lot of um, you know criticism and what have you. Pickford's a good keeper. The the only thing with Pickford, there's there's a few you know in, in the Everton forums and what have you. The interesting thing is that there are there is a, a voice. Uh, within and amongst the uh, the Everton fans, that you know they they don't they don't rate him. Sometimes I can understand, but then there's other times where I think he's great. My problem is is that some he seems so irrational. You know, he seems very very heads up all the time. And I think one of the, the the points when you see him with the players just interacting normally, he's got yeah. a very very unique character, and it shows in his in, in his style of play. Some of the saves that he's made that have been great, they have been great in. Then there's other bit saves where they've looked great. And actually, if you look at it, you could just easily just sort of sidestep or anything. But I think one of the things that is quite often overlooked with, with Pickford, he's, he's still young. You know, he's he's got all the eyes watching on him, you know, with the media and everything else. And would I choose, would I, at the moment, would I would I want to ship him out? No, no, not, not, not yet. But am I also convinced? It, it's, no, you probably can tell that, you know, I'm not overly convinced, but but sometimes he has saved us as well. So there you go. That's as clear as my answer can be. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Dan, the Euros were meant to start today. Um, if the Euros did start today, who's your number one goalkeeper for England? Pickford? Someone else? Pope. Pope. Fair enough. Zach? That's a tough pick, isn't it? Who would you go for? Zach, if you were to pick your number one? Pope. Pope? Yeah. 
Stevie obviously is part of the Jordan Pickford fan club, so obviously we know he's going to go with. And they... I, I, I don't think <laughs> you've got Pope or Henderson. Oh, honestly, you know, I see Pope and everything else. Burnley don't get as much scrutiny as is you know as what Pickford is at the moment. There, for me, there's no there's no there's no better English keeper than than Pickford. But then, yeah, I suppose I've got my Everton cap on with that. I so you definitely have, mate. You definitely have. And the would you? And... Andy, who would you go for apart from uh, Wiggers number one? Oh, God. I honestly don't know. I mean, personally, I'd go, I'd go for Henderson at Sheffield United. I think he's a dynamo goalkeeper. Um, and the quicker main I get rid of him and don't have him to replace the gayer, the better. To be honest, I think he's a great goalkeeper. And yeah. So next year, yeah, the Euros will be interesting. Another year for a lot of these young lads to, to get another another season under their belt. Again, we'll obviously have a special bear and podcast about that and this time next year, I would imagine as well. And obviously, Steve, it's a good chance for you boys to give us a bloody nose where we could obviously win the title at Goodison. I, I can't see it. For that to happen, Arsenal will need to beat Man City, which is, say, unlikely at this point. But obviously, the way that... The way that is with Liverpool, we need two wins to win the league as it stands at the moment. If you're Klopp, Andy, you just want to get them out of the way as soon as possible. Get those two wins. It's going to be a very short break between now and the next season. Give the give Salah and Mane as much rest as they possibly can. Get them all firing and fit for next season. Yeah, yeah, probably the uh, the aim of the game. It's got, it's got to be interesting. I don't know. I've got I've got an inkling that the Man, the Man City Arsenal thing could you end good City drop points. Not beyond it. It's not beyond it. I don't know. I mean, coming from a Liverpool point of view, we obviously obviously heavy, heavy, heavy favourites to win the league. Now, I'm still not going to say I'm not still I'm still not going to say we're going to win it because this is Liverpool. There are obviously ways to win it. There's ways of winning it where you rely on someone else's result, like Chelsea when they beat Spurs, made Leicester win the league, and there's results where you you know, you know win the game and you win the league. It comes to the point now, I think, particularly for Liverpool fans, particularly Liverpool fans my age, who have grown up on the cusp of us not winning the league years and years and years. I take it any, any way it comes. Get those two results. Don't care if we lift the trophy on bloody Mars. Don't care if they put an asterisk on there. Don't care about record points. We can lose every other game this year. Don't, does not bother me. As long as we win that league, don't care. Don't care about record points. Don't care about record goals. Don't care about anyone who don't care who wins who wins gold of the season. Don't care who wins golden boot. Doesn't matter to me. Win the league. Get it over and done with. Happy days. And yeah, believe it or not, that's all I'm gonna say about Liverpool. See, not... so yeah, and that's the first week of Premier League fixtures done and dusted. But then there are games Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I think there's a game every day from the from the Friday for the next ten or eleven days. So we will try to keep you updated as best we can, obviously, here on the Libero. Uh, via podcast articles and watch along. But I think that's it, chaps. Thank you so much for joining me on this Friday evening. But we will leave it there for this evening. Thank yep. you, everyone, for listening as well. And obviously, you can follow us on our socials on Facebook at the Libero Online, Twitter at the Libero Online, on Instagram at Libero Online, of course. Our webpage www.thelibero.co.uk where you can catch all of our latest articles and, of course, these podcasts which are going to be streamed on there. You can also catch us on SoundCloud and on Anchor as well. And hopefully in the future, next couple of weeks, iTunes and Spotify, once we get confirmation that we're not a terrorist organisation. <laughs> Chaps, thank you very much to me again, seeing your time is always very much appreciated. But we'll leave it there. Hopefully we'll catch you next week when we have a bit of an update with the football. We'll review the games and with all our watch-alongs, we'll post it all on Facebook, post it all on Twitter, or post it on Instagram, all the good, cool stuff that we're going to be doing. Chaps, thank you very much.